one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman in Hamilton after day two of the second test match, which once again finishes with New Zealand in front. Bowled out for 375. England in reply, 18 overs into their innings. Already lost two wickets, 39 for two. Could have been even worse. Rory Bears dropped twice. So... How do England go on to win from here? Well, hopefully ESPN Quick Info's George DeBell's got the answers. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. Well, George, thankfully the drone seems to have uh, quietened down. Um, look, we're only two days in, three days to go. England only two wickets down with, uh, you know, one of the best batsman Michael Atherton's ever seen play for England at the crease still Joe Root uh, Rory Burns uh, as well somewhat fortuitously but how can England win from here even if with the ability to even have the time to get the runs they need and then bowl New Zealand out sure they can I mean they do exactly what New Zealand did in the last game New Zealand gave them a masterclass in in batting in such situations remember that the days have been extended by an hour for the rest of the game so what England, I mean, you know, if you th- what they have to think is they have to bat massively, they have to bat once, and then they have to bowl New Zealand out. Do you but, think they can do it? Well, all the form would suggest they can't, but I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, you would be oddly optimistic to think that was a likely scenario, but that's what they've got to aim to do, isn't it? And, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're continually struggling to bowl sides out in these conditions, and they're continually struggling to score runs in these conditions. So you would think that that's... An unlikely scenario, but yeah, that's the aim. Once again, it did seem like there was some daylight between the two sides. You, you just cannot fault Australia. Uh, Australia, sorry, I've got my, I've got my mind very much on David Warner oh. uh, breaking uh, Brian Laura's uh, record. Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, it uh, hasn't occurred. But um, yeah, look, New Zealand, they played again. They played the conditions. They played the game. They played um, England particularly well today 
They did. They've played really well. They've been much the better side. And you're right to bring up David Warner because for England to be struggling while David Warner is doing well is really insult to injury, isn't it? Honestly, it, I'd rather England lose here than David Warner break that record. You know he was out to a no ball again, didn't you? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, Daryl Mitchell and BJ Watling, really important innings from them. Mitchell on debut looked... We were talking about this before the match, about how Ross Taylor expect, says it, there is an expectation when debutants come into this side that they are going to do well. I'm not sure that's quite the case for England. We kind of had that conversation, but you can see why there was an expectation. He looked incredibly solid. And just like the Bay Oval, um, you know, when New Zealand needed just to click through the gears a little bit, they showed they could do that. There's more than one way to play. And, um, you know, talk about getting 600. It's going to be an ask for England to get 375. I don't know that that's much more than par, you know. Uh, but what New Zealand were is enormously patient and there's absolutely no evidence of any patience within the England side. Oh, I tell you what, we'll break off. Let's go into the presser. Yeah, debuting on your, on your home turf is pretty cool to be able to even just to wake up in your own bed and spend time with your family in the morning sort of puts every, calms everything down and probably yeah, gets rid of the nerves a little bit. So, yeah, to be able to play at home is pretty special in front of our friends and family. We needed to sort of build a partnership and try and bat for as long as we could and, and try and put England under some pressure. Um, I've played with BJ a fair while now with ND and it was quite nice to have that cool, calm head out there just to sit there and say a few jokes and, and keep each other pretty level. So, uh, yeah, it's always nice batting with BJ. These pitches, you've got to change your mindset a little bit. You know, if you win the toss and bowl in England and concede 370, you'd be distraught. But here, the opportunity is there to, to go and bat big and bat big wants and um, for us to win this game we'll need a batter to get 150 plus uh, and someone else to get 100 and leave ourselves a, a day to bowl them out day five. Uh, I think that's how New Zealand won the last test they played it and they got 700 odd for six um, so arguably we, they're probably 300 under par. So Daryl Mitchell and Stuart Broad just spoke, just spoken just then. Uh, you asked Daryl Mitchell the question, uh, which was the most difficult England bowler to face? Who was the best bowler to face? He, very diplomatic, didn't answer. Who would you say was the best bowler today for England? I actually thought they, they, they did all right, didn't they? I thought the seamers all did OK. But uh, overall, um, maybe Wokes. Uh, but I think Archer bowled a lot better than his figure show. And uh, Broad, I mean, as all tour, has been decent but um, struggled for potency but I mean I really wouldn't fault them I thought I thought Wokes had a pretty good game actually he looked like he hadn't bowled the best part of 200 overs at uh, Bay Oval for sure didn't he <laughs> yeah he did that, that probably didn't make a difference um, I'm just going to flip open my laptop how exciting Stuart Broad's just spoken very very well as he does but even for him he, he really did speak well about a couple of uh, subjects which we can now talk about David Warner's still in by the way um, First off, talking about the decision, uh, we'll give the reasoning about why England bowled first. Um, they wanted to follow the template of the Bay Oval. They don't expect the pitch to deteriorate. We kind of uh, said something similar about this, but it does kind of, you know, if you take it at face value. Um, but also speaking about, he name-checked Rory Burns. I found that a bit strange. He name-checked Rory Burns as a batsman to watch. Was that a message for Rory Burns? Yeah, it was a message for all the batsmen. Go out and do your jobs. Do your jobs properly. Don't get 30. Don't get 60. Don't get get 180. 
get massive hundreds. That's what wins test matches. And Rory Burns, who I actually quite rate, has flirted uh, and, and just sort of lacked discipline. So he's been dropped twice tonight. One of them, he was launching a big drive outside off stump, and the other one, he was clipping off his legs. There was another inside edge past the wicketkeeper for four. Another one which he was trying to hit the cover off the ball, basically. So I don't really know what he's doing because that's not how he played for Surrey. Um, anyway, so I think basically Broad there has challenged the batsmen to go out and do their job because actually the bowlers pretty much have on this tour. I know the scores don't look like it, but I think the bowlers have pretty much done their jobs. And if England took their catches and if they maybe played on slightly more responsive wickets or if the batsmen had done better... I think things have looked... I don't think the ball has no, I agree. badly. I agree. Uh, that should have been a draw, Matt Monganui. Well, I mean, it, it depends where you start. If England are uh, the start of day two... You remember Stokes was on 93, was it, 91? Batting beautifully. Suddenly advances down the wicket and tries to smash one through extra cover. If he's left that and just continued to compile a big 100 or 200, then the game looks completely different. And who knows? You know, BJ Watling was dropped on 31. So lots of things uh, depend on what went before. So it, it's very hard to say. But he's basically saying, we've done our bit, you go and do yours. He said it much more diplomatically uh, and much more constructively, to be fair. He hasn't said anything controversial, but he has acknowledged the fact that the batsmen now have to go out and get 500. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating. He also went on to talk about Jofra Archer. Um, again, maybe not for today's um, podcast. Actually, no, let's, let's see. This, we hear so much rubbish in these press conferences. He was, he was really thoughtful. thoughtful about Jofra Archer, saying, look, mate, you know, you could tell he was getting frustrated, disappointed, the fact that he hasn't taken so many wickets in this series. Uh, he says, look, you, you've, got, you've done so well in such a short space of time. You've Okay, we're going to have to walk away because essentially the England cricket team were walking one by one past us um, pretty much at the moments we were talking about them. So Stuart Brawl walked past and stopped for a chat. Roy Burns was with him. Uh, Then uh, Ben Stokes stopped for a chat and then we thought we'd move on. Uh, Where are we though? Uh, Shall we go back to the template for the day? Shot of the day. Yeah, well there were a couple of really good hook shots, weren't they? Uh, Because one of them hit uh, Stuart on the forehead. Yeah, don't go early. That could actually be unluckiest of the day, mistake of the day, moment of the day, and lull of the day. I don't know. We don't know how he is. And it bounced off him and onto a woman spectator as well. I'm laughing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he looked... He was terribly phlegmatic about it, wasn't he? He really smiled and he showed, he pointed to the middle of his forehead and said, that's where it hit. Well, I know. Uh, The reaction of Mitchell Sandler, did you see that as well? No. Yeah. Did he laugh? No, he didn't laugh. He kind of held his head. Do you know what he did? I remember my friend Richie Huey kicking the football through my mum and dad's kitchen window. He kind of did that. (laughs) Held his head in his hands and thought, I'm going to get a whipping tonight from my dad. (laughs) <laughs> it's just, you know, just as well there, really, rather than an inch or so low. You've got two black eyes and a broken nose, haven't you? Anyway, it looked like he was fine. And he got off work a couple of hours early, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, so there you go. Um, my shot of the day, apart from that Mitchell Santner ramp shot, which uh, <laughs> sconned the steward. Yeah, Darren Mitchell won the pool to go to 50. Um, I thought that was a, a, a glorious shot, and it brought up the 100 partnership as well. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still thinking that's Stuart. Okay, from the hilarity. What about mistake of the day? 
Uh, we, I thought England bowled well today, but at times I thought that the tactics were a little strange. Ben Stokes, why was he even bowling, by the way? I didn't think he was fit to bowl in this match, let alone the innings. Um, and he was bowling short pitch to the New Zealand batsman with uh, fielders out on the rope. Uh, but he's clearly in a lot of discomfort. I thought that was today's mistake of the day. Well, all I, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, but all I would say is that they have some bit more information about what his injury is. And I can't believe they would be stupid enough to risk maybe the most special England cricketer of our lifetimes uh, to bowl in that situation. So I'm going to give them a wee bit of credit there, genuinely as well. Mm. I, I can't believe that they would do that. Mistake of the day, I'm afraid, was Dom Sibley walking across his... He's better than that. So he's walked across his stumps and tried to play a straight ball, which he should have played through probably straight mid-on, just past the bowler. And he played it through square tried, leg. And he tried to play it genuinely through square leg. And he's better than that. He is better than that. So he's let himself down a bit there. And, of course, he's at the stage of his career where people are judging him. And they'll judge him fast. And he's not doing himself justice at the moment. Um, so that is, I'm afraid, probably mistake of the day because he's not, you know, Crawley comes in later in the innings and gets 100 and there's no reason. He's a very good player. It's a pretty flat wicket. It makes it very difficult for Sibley getting in that South Africa squad. And that brings me back to the conversation that we were having on before this test match started. Mm. You know, Sibley's played three innings and already that. And Sam Curran as well, his bowling yesterday, you know. <laughs> we're only just talking about these guys and such a quick turnaround. And we're already saying that they're in danger of being dropped after this test match for a major series. Yeah, but to be fair, that's not really the nature of the current England selectors. You know, there, there haven't been many people who have come in for like two games uh, and been dropped. So I, I'm not saying that is going to happen, but he isn't doing himself any favours. And they, if they're going to take 16 and if Johnny Bairstow is going to be recalled, it does make it a bit more difficult for him. Because uh, he has actually shown a couple of faults as well. He's been hit on the helmet um, mm. in a, a couple of times and he's looked as if that is a potential area that bowlers could exploit as well. So, um, you know, I think he's a bit better than this. But I, so that's why I'm saying that was my mistake of the day. My question of the day is this. Now, you're a man who's been in the press box many, many years. I'm not actually situated technically in the press box. But when BJ Watling was finally dismissed, Toby from the Barmy Army gave a shriek, a yelp. Excited, finally a wicket had fallen. So my question to you is, is that the dumb thing in the press box? Because I myself noticed on occasion when I was in the press box of the Bay Oval, I'd given an ooh, an ah, a gasp, a, oh my God, he's been bold, shouldering arms to Neil Wagner, first ball with a new ball, and he's been dismissed for a duck. Um, but then I realised that maybe I was the only one making those noises. So can you tell me? No, you can, you can react. You're allowed to react to the press box. Absolutely encouraged, in my view. Uh, I've heard people I mean yeah you should react you should I mean definitely we had reactions today what you don't tend to get is applause although we did last week because we were basically outside in a tent as you are this this week um and when the windows open I don't know if you if you applaud in the press box at Lords which is basically a soundproof room it's it's not brilliant in my view uh it sounds a bit odd and it sounds a bit partisan but look, if you lose the passion for the game, what are you doing it for? You're not doing it for the money, trust me. So uh, I, I'm, I'm all for it. And actually, I think uh, it's not as staid as you might think. I recall a really quite humorous story about Jack Bannister, the late Jack Bannister, during the 2005 uh, Oval Test with Kevin Peterson hooking Brett Lee into the bleachers. And at one point, Jack Bannister leant out the window... <laughs> 
<laughs> just shouted at Kevin Peterson along the lines of, will somebody tell that expletive <laughs> that there's an ashes at stake here? I, I love that. So, Jared does an impression of me watching Watrossi's last test in particular. Uh, and it was, uh, no, sorry, it wasn't his last test. The test in Brisbane, the test after which he went home. Um, yeah. Because it was agony, and I wasn't able. So Jared's impression is pretty much me going, "No, Trotty, no!" When he's wandering down the wicket, uh, and and you know, I don't know what he was doing really. Uh, yeah, so you're allowed to react, of course you are. If people are, they're, they're not. I, I don't get any uh, issues with people saying I've overreacted or something. And during that um, uh, Stokes innings at the uh, Leeds, everyone was you know mm. roaring and up in, and the end of the World Cup as well. If you don't love it, if you don't have a passion for it, you probably should be somewhere else. Absolutely. Uh, last question, as an station rushes up to bark at somebody. Um, there were some boring bits today. Come on, let's be honest. What were you Googling? I booked a holiday to Prague. Never been. And I did it on a whim because I got an email from British Airways. And I, I'm an idiot. I, I mean, it, I, I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, yeah, and I booked it on a whim. And then I looked up the hotel. <laughs> I was basically like... A borstal. <laughs> I've overpaid terribly. It was on a whim. It, I was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel a fool. It's my wife's Christmas present. She's a lucky girl. I'm taking her to a borstal. <laughs> Do you know what I did? I got a uh, passive-aggressive email from uh, um, one of the people I work with, reminding me that the compliance training that I now have to oh. do because I'm part of a big company was way overdue. So I did nine of them. That is as good a reflection of that passage of play as you could possibly come up with. It was, um, I suppose if you'd been polite, you'd say old school. Hey, New Zealand did exactly what they did at Mount Monganui. They played the long game. They tried to put England under pressure. And actually, I think they fell a bit short of what they wanted. I think they wanted a lot more than 400. 375, par, in my view. So th th this game is still on. England's batsmen, Stuart Broad, is it spot on? England's batsmen have to bat the whole of tomorrow and I don't mean because they're following on <laughs> which brings us to the oh shall we just check if see if Warner's still in Ooh, oh he is as well 509 for three Warner's 285 Smith's gone I just wonder whether they're going to declare by the time you listen to this you'll know the answer they, if, they, they, they're not going to declare he doesn't I think they'll let him try and go past Lara but what I'd like do you remember Hayden went past Lara yeah against Zimbabwe well you know, no, I'm just saying, I remember. Yeah, uh, and then... The first Lara. Lara thought, well, I'll do it again. Come on, Brian. <laughs> the world needs you. You cannot let David Warner have that record. Come out of retirement. Come and play against England on a flatty. It's yours. <laughs> right, that's it. We're done. I've got to uh, bring this to a close because uh, this is going to be a painful edit for our producer, Lucy, to have to put together. Uh, she's going to be minded to include exactly what Ben Stokes said to us, exactly what Stuart Broad said to us, uh, but he, she can't. So don't, but you... Definitely not either. Um, right, OK, we're off. George is going off into the night, so am I. Uh, you're listening to the following on podcast. Subscribe and review. And uh, we will be back after day three at Hamilton uh, to see whether uh, Rory Burns does score 200 or not. It will be superb if he manages it. Thanks for listening. The 
following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 